This is Government Gone Digital. I'm Dana Birchman, Chief Digital Officer here in Gilbert, Arizona, and I'm here today with two very special guests, our amazing mayor, Jen Daniels, and our town manager, Patrick Banger. And we're hosting this podcast via Microsoft Teams. Super exciting and a tool that we switched to when we went to remote work in Gilbert a little over two months ago due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And so this has been an amazing tool for us. And we thought we would share using this tool some of the things that we've gleaned over the past two months of working remotely. And so thank you both for joining us today. Glad to be here. Thanks, Yeah, Dana. thanks, Dana. Yeah. So I'm so excited to have you. Um, one of the things that we really realized was how quickly Obviously, we were all impacted by COVID-19, and one of the things I think, Patrick, that you're probably most proud of, and maybe you could talk a little bit about, is how quickly the entire workforce switched to remote work, uh, almost it seemed like within 24 hours or less, and um, it was pretty seamless, not any service interruptions to the service to our residents, which I think is also really amazing, um, and I think other cities struggled really to switch to remote work, many of them because they were reliant on uh, tools uh, or systems that might be older or archaic and out of date. And so they had trouble with this transition, but not in Gilbert. Thankfully, we had Microsoft Teams installed on many of our computers, and um, this has been a really amazing two months. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you've seen since uh, the mayor's emergency declaration, which was uh, March 16th, and we went to remote work March 17th? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Dana. It literally was less than 24 hours. And, and thinking back at just how smoothly that went, uh, you mentioned we didn't have any service uh, interruptions, which we did not, which was, again, just amazing. I, it's like you, you're a fan at a basketball game and you get called down to center court and you sink the shot from center court and you win the car or something. I am amazed by our organization and how well that transition went and getting everybody set up and running uh, so we can keep them safe and mitigate exposure to the virus. Uh, we just didn't miss a beat. And that was an incredible testimony to our employees who are very nimble and forward thinking and innovative um, for a lot of the workarounds they did to drive all of our services online digitally, as well as our, our IT department, which um, a lot of the work that they've done uh, to prepare us to put it in that, in that place to, to pivot so quickly. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing. I saw that Gallup said that 63% of the American workforce was working remotely over the last two months. And, you know, I think people might assume or think that government is behind. And, and one of the things I know, Patrick, you've always talked about, and Mayor, you've really pushed us on, is this idea of being the Google of government of sorts in Gilbert and doing whatever the private sector is doing. Why can't we do it in the public sector? And I think we've really proven that we could make that transition quickly. Um, Mayor, I know this has always been something that you've promoted. You're a, a, a Mac user and always have been really you know, technically savvy and have helped us along that too. And, and your tools for digital communication, especially the way you've used video over the last two months, I think have been really effective during this crisis. So talk to us a little bit about your perspective of it. Well, technically savvy is a relative term. So let's just put it out there that I actually think anybody can do this. I think what you have to be is willing to try. And that's what I've loved about our organization and about the leadership that Patrick's brought to the team is try it. 
Um, for Christmas last year, I gave all of our director levels, I gave Patrick less than I gave other people, but I gave people <laughs> these cards that said, um, you know, blame Jen. If there's a problem in Gilbert, you can blame me. And the whole purpose for that is I need you to try. I need you to stick your neck out and to do something maybe that makes you uncomfortable. And I didn't realize at the time that um, we were obviously going to be facing this and the struggle that has ensued, if you will. Um, but the fact that we need our governments to be agile, we need them to pivot, we need to adapt to whatever circumstances there might be. Um, we don't know what's ahead. We never know what's ahead. We can plan and uh, do our best predictions and guesstimates and we can estimate. Um, and that goes everything from a budget to a health crisis. I mean, we We'll, we'll do our very best that we can, but we have to be able to pivot and be agile. And so filming from home, having my nine-year-old daughter help me uh, film updates for the residents and just a variety of other things, like let's try it. If it doesn't work, let's pivot again, but let's at least um, you know give it our best effort. Yeah, and Patrick, I'm sure you know we were undergoing um, a potential building remodel. And so we were considering the possibility of remote work before COVID-19 happened. And we had a lot of feedback at the time from employees who said, you know, what am I going to do without access to my filing cabinets or my paper files or my in-person meetings? And a lot of them, even though they had Teams installed on their computers, hadn't necessarily used it yet. And so once we were kind of forced into this situation, everyone thankfully already had the tools, but many of them hadn't used them before. So if people are out there, like when you said try, I think that's so perfect, Mayor, because if cities are out there listening and thinking to themselves, well, we couldn't do that because, you know, we, we don't even have, you know, teams installed or, you know, you can also start small. And again, we had been implementing teams over time, but a lot of people hadn't had a chance to use it yet. And so one thing, Patrick, I'd love for you to talk about is um, you've always really been a vocal proponent of all work in the innovation space and wanting to possibly in the future create an innovation lab. And I've been saying this is kind of our, our innovation lab that we got forced into uh, with the COVID-19 experience, right? And so I love what's happened because we've been able to figure out new ways of doing things. So tell, tell us some of the things that you've seen um, across the organization, um, tools or changes that people have made um, in an, in, from an innovation perspective. Yeah. You know, Dana, we've talked a lot about this. Innovation is maybe, um, if you don't mind, Dana, let me take a step back and talk a little bit about an early experience I had in my career. I helped pioneer telecommuting in the mid 90s, developed one of the very first telecommuting centers in the nation. Um, I know, but you're in... only 30, so how's that possible? <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got a lot more gray hair. <laughs> 30, 30 plus. Yeah, 30 plus 20. <laughs> and pioneered one of the very first telecommuting centers in the nation. And there were two challenges to remote work, teleworking, um, whatever you refer to it by back then. And it was the technology. And then it was the attitude of the people, the leaders. And technology really was a big hurdle back then. And, and we found some workarounds uh, in linking back into the city hall through a fiber connection and, and uh, being able to provide true broadband access when that was a very rare thing back then. And then it was really the mindset of the companies with a workforce uh, making long commutes down into the urban core every day, living in our community. And um, by nature of the work they do, there was nothing that kept them or needed them, their physical presence at that office. And so it was a real challenge. And, and we had a lot of success 
And it really, really was ahead of its time. And so if you fast forward to today, technology and attitudes or people are, are still the two big things, but technology is no longer the limiter. The, the bandwidth is there, the tools are there. Microsoft Teams, which you've mentioned, has been an amazing collaboration tool for us. In some ways more effective than the in-person meetings we were used to having in our building. But so technology is no longer the, um, the challenge. And now it's back to people and managing distributed workforce and doing our work in distributed ways. And so one of the things, and, and you mentioned the Muni One remodel, um, which we were right in the middle of with this and that we were gonna pilot remote working for our organization. And the need to mitigate the exposure to our employees now forced us to remote work and we did it exceptionally well. The technology was there and, and people's attitudes were correct. And I think they were correct because we had to, if we were gonna to continue to deliver services to this community at a time when the community needs us more, now more than ever before, we put all of those, those fears, those, those concerns we had aside and we just did it. And we proved to ourselves that we can do it. And we're doing things like virtual inspections with our building department. And we're doing things like remote team meetings on a, a very, very regular basis. We're doing um, text messaging to give our community daily updates on the COVID-19 situation. It just, it goes on and on. We're, we're taking paper forms that we've had forever and digitizing them because we have to. And now that we've, we've been forced to do it, we've realized we were the only hurdle in our own way to doing this mm -hmm. right and to being really disruptive and innovative. And so to your point, we became a very disruptive, innovative organization for need and, and because we had to, and now we need to do it because it's the right thing to do. And this really does, does kick off our innovation lab, which is the entire organization going forward. And, and we're no longer going to accept that we can't do that because we're gonna find the only reason we can't do it is because of our own, our own choice or attitude around it. Mm -hmm. I'd love, and Mayor, I think you'd be a great person to comment on this too, to talk a little bit about, I read an article about the stigma of remote work being removed. And I think there's a lot of stigma around government workers as well. And so it's something that I think I would love to chat a little bit about because again, you talked about some of the efficiencies that are made and I would argue there have been, we could go on and on about all the things that we've discovered in this time. And, and I'm gonna get into a survey we did in a few minutes and some of the results we got from it. But I do think that before this, there may have been you know, an assumption from people that you know, if you're working from home, what are you doing all day? Or um, if you're a government worker, what are you doing all day? And so you know, with those two things now and how quickly overnight the feelings around remote work change, and I think government service delivery to show that we had no interruptions to the service we delivered. And in fact, we made improvements on the way we're delivering services in many ways. And so I think that that's amazing. So Mayor, from your vantage point, like what, what, what do you think um, is the future of this and how, you know, we continue to keep remote work going from a government and city perspective? I think there's a lot of people that fall on every side of the spectrum, and I know you'll cover that when you talk about the survey, Dana, but I think what we're going to see moving forward is a hybrid approach to working from home because there is something valuable, and I never want to take away from the fact that when you have face-to-face -face interactions and when you're building relationships, how important multiple levels of communication are, whether it's body language, eye contact, all those different things. Um, so those are important components, but can we do both? 
And the answer is yes. And I think that's going to be the wave of the future is the hybrid approach. Um, when you talk about feeling energy, you know, sometimes you can feel energy on a Zoom call or, uh, you know, in a, in a Teams meeting. Uh, but I don't think it replaces the synergy and energy you might get when you're brainstorming a big idea um, in a team meeting. So I would love to see the hybrid approach be, you know, a mixture of in-person meetings or coming to the office for a very specific purpose and then finding success working from home. Dana, you and I talked early on um, as this was sort of unfolding that we were sitting at our computers and working 14 hour days and would look up and go, I haven't eaten. <laughs> or um, I forgot that I needed to oh. you know, be a human. I, um, I think that that might be the initial reaction to working from home. And we've learned over time how to balance those things. So I think bumps in the road and um, some of those components um, absolutely matter, but I also think that, uh, again, try. So if your work-life balance, working from home isn't right, guess who has the power to make some adjustments? Um, the other thing I might add uh, is productivity. And just that if you watch, click-throughs on emails are higher than ever. People are responding quickly because they're not constantly back and forth in between meetings and shifting. And, um, you know, if you look at studies, productivity studies, you know, for, for the last decade, they'll tell you that working in 50, 50 minute blocks is the most effective way to be working. And when you're working from home, you actually have a lot more control over your 50 minute block than you might um, if you're in an office and someone, you know, drops by real quick for a quick question, um, which causes an interruption in that. So I think being cognizant of how you structure your day when you're working from home is really important. And then I just want to reiterate the idea that um, the hybrid approach is the wave of the future, that we might not need, you know, 15 individual offices on one floor. Instead, we need three really high quality uh, you know, team rooms where you can collaborate and, and you know, use the space uh, to, to create and generate that energy that's going to uh, produce great results in new ideas, new products, new service lines, whatever it might be. Yes, absolutely. I think you made some amazing points and it is that human connection. And how many times have we talked about in, you know, in your daily, you know, work life where, and you're so right, how much time was spent, you know, clocking out, going to lunch or walking in between meetings that now, even when you're in the office, your time will be much better spent. And likely a lot of those in-person meetings that now can happen over email. How many times have you said, okay, this meeting could have been an email or, and now I think we've tested that and shown that really to be true. And so it will be more manageable. And I think a lot of us that have kids at home right now that are also homeschooling, we need to, we need to remember that in normal times, right? But we don't want to lose the momentum of what we've discovered during this time. And that's what I keep talking about from an innovation standpoint and how I would love to see other cities kind of follow is like, what, what, positive have we seen come out of this? What have we learned and how can we continue it? And I think you're right. A hybrid approach is amazing. One of the things uh -huh. that we do in Gilbert so well is use data and feedback to guide our decision-making. And I'm so proud of the work that we've done as an organization around this in the last few years, especially. And so we wanted to take a chance to reach out and survey our employees during this time of remote work. And I want to be honest with you. I thought that my team, who tends to be digitally savvy and already had a lot of the tools they need to work remotely, I knew they were doing really well during this time, but I was 
very surprised to find the feedback from across the organization in various departments who I thought once had been very reliant on paper and old ways of doing things suddenly seemed, because like you said, Patrick, they had to do this, they realized, oh, this is quite amazing. So I wanted, we did a survey to the employees, we put it out for a week, and we had 646 responses, which is about half of our workforce. And so you have to remember, obviously, a lot of our uh, field employees and others, but um, it was a great amount of response. And 66% of respondents, Mayor, to your point, said that their productivity had improved during this time. They also felt communication and connectivity had improved. Um, 75% said they'd like to continue working remotely, 72% in a, in a combo hybrid approach, like you mentioned, uh, which is interesting because a recent study, study from IBM had similar respondents, 75% um, of their workforce indicated they'd like to stay remote. Again, the public sector mimicking what we're seeing happening in the private sector. And I say, like, who says government can't innovate? 86% um, say their remote experience working has been good or great. Um, and 78% say their quality of life has improved. And I think that one is really important along with productivity is, you know, you when you're feeling more productive in your day too, also you're happier, right? So Patrick, tell us, I know you had some, you're in a, you're in a bedroom in your house relegated because you're, but this is something I think a lot of people can relate to. Your spouse already was working from home in an established office space. So was mine. And so I'm in the dining room. You're in a bedroom. So like long-term, these setups might not work, but making some adjustments so that it could work, I think is really possible, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And you know, uh, Mary, you made some excellent points and you did as well, Dana. It, our, our buildings going forward are tools for engagement and that's how we need mm. to look at them. Because work can be done anywhere and we've just proved that work can be done anywhere. And if work, having the ability to do work anywhere means we will maximize our productivity and our output because we don't have to be physically in our office, uh, in a cube, in our, in our office building itself. Um, we could do it from our bedroom or our dining room or wherever we, we may find ourselves. And that's what's best. And so our buildings need to be thoughtfully approached as engagement tools. What are those types of tasks and meetings to where we do need to be together? Because there is energy that comes from that collaboration and from body language and, and all the things the mayor's highlighted. And so to, to maximize the benefit of all of us, all of this to us and, and um, at the end of the day to the residents and businesses that we serve, because that's what we're here to do, is yes, yeah, start mapping out what does my home office need to look like? What does a location within my home that will be a productive uh, location for me to do work when I work from home? What is our building? We're, we're in a, a great time. We've got a 30-year-old building that is just about falling apart around us and needs to be renovated. And so we've got a great opportunity to build a building of engagement. And, and what does that look like? And how do we maximize the value of that um, to the benefit of all of us? And we've always talked about, Dana, you mentioned when, when you were hired, employees I've always believed that employees do not turn off their home life when they walk in the front door of the office and they do not turn off the office when they come home at night and they need you need to have balance to your life to, to thrive and to flourish in all aspects of your life. And the more we can uh, do that and achieve that, the, the greater productivity and the greater results we're going to get um, at work and the happier we're going to be as individuals, which is gonna help us with recruitment and retention tools as well, because we want the best and the brightest to come to Gilbert 
And if we can offer you a, a more balanced approach to your life so that you can be more successful in both areas, I, I think that that's something that's really going to be attractive to people. And I just want to add one thing to that, if that's okay, Dana. And oh, that yeah. is that um, it is really healthy for us to see that there's normal life around our coworkers. It is actually really mm -hmm. humanizing yeah. for me to see what's on your bookshelf behind you or to have one of your kids come in and ask you a question or, you know, to, to a see beach a dog ball fly at your head. That <laughs> happened one time in a call last week that there was a ball that flew by. Um, that, I'm just glad it, I'm glad my reflexes are such that I was able to fend that off. But we live we live real lives. Mm, All yeah. of us do. And there's something humanizing because you don't become a different person when you step into the office. You might just, um, you know, you might be, you might be squashing one of your best attributes because you think you need to be a certain way in an office. And there is something relaxing and, and really kind of takes the guard down being at home. And I, mm -hmm. I actually think we might have an opportunity to get to know each other better through that process. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I have a staff member who has a cat constantly on her head or on her shoulders and there's babies crying and, and it's wonderful, you know? And I think especially for juggling working moms, Mayor, like you and I are too, we've always had this like, okay, how do I, you're right. How do you navigate all these things? How do I turn off the mom thing? And now suddenly I don't feel that pressure anymore. It's kind of like, yeah. all right, I got to do this. I got to go, you know, teach, teach my kids a, a lesson for a minute and come back and do my work. And it all kind of blends together. And I think that's why I feel, you know, really productive and powerful in that way. So it is amazing. I wanted to make one other point too. I hear this all the time that millennials don't want to work in government, right? That we don't create spaces for them. We don't create the kinds of jobs that they want. And I've always argued that, you know, if we could think outside of the box about the types of people we need and the skill sets of the future and the jobs of the future, we would be able to attract millennials who genuinely do want to give back to their communities. Um, and the response that we got when we put out our remote work survey results to the public was really interesting. We had people emailing, hey, what are your job postings? I'm really interested in working here, sharing it with friends, tagging their friends. So also, this is an amazing recruitment tool. We talk a lot about, you know, obviously creating that workforce of the future, but using and then talking about, hey, look what we did. And, and we're, we're, we're not just doing a survey to a survey. We're genuinely using the feedback from our employees to guide what the future of our work looks like in Gilbert. And I think that's really powerful. And the public sees it too. And they think, huh, I think I want to, never thought I'd want to work in government, but that looks like an interesting place to work. Hey, what jobs are you, you know, do you have posted right now? I sent multiple um, private messages from Instagram and Twitter onto our HR department and sent them job posting links. And I think that's amazing. And so I always talk about connecting the dots and making sure that this whole picture is really here. And I think it's really key is, you know, we, we, like I said, continuing the momentum, we've got something special going in Gilbert and, you know, it's a coordinated effort with our employees who we care deeply about, about putting the residents first, where it's a place you want to come to work because you work with amazing people who are also innovative and think outside of the box. But, you know, I've never been so proud to work for this organization or with the team during this time. I'll be honest, like I, if you would have told me this would happen, I probably would have said, oh, I don't know if everyone could really do it. And they have literally risen to the occasion and they, you know, ha have enjoyed it while they're doing it and are, and are appreciative and grateful and thankful. So I think that's, it's amazing. And if people out there, we kept talking about 
you know, when this is over and then it's not really ending, right? This is our new our new normal, our new future, and, and we're figuring out how to navigate it together. And, you know, using input and tools like these to do that are really, really powerful. And so I just feel really proud. I don't know if any of you have any closing remarks around that thought, but I have a couple been... actually, Dana, because I, I don't want to give the impression that everybody loves this. Um, no, I do. Yeah. I, I, th- I mean, if 75% of people said that, you know, they love it, that means 25% said they didn't. And I think it's yes. really important to recognize that um, they have needs too, and that their voice matters, which is why I think the hybrid approach is so appropriate, because we're not going to turn this whole dial um, you know, in, in four months and consider it done. It's going to be a continuous process. And I think Patrick and I have had this conversation several times over the last couple of months that we're seeing the way that we operate government shifting. And it doesn't mean that we've been doing it wrong. It just means that we're finding a better way. And so I think that's a really important component. And that means that some of the individuals that have worked for the town for a long time or even a short time, but they preferred one method over another, they may not find that they want to work for an organization that is shifting in this way. And that's a Mm -hmm. choice that they're going to have to make Mm -hmm. because we have to make those adjustments. And then the last thing I wanted to add was the public comment um, portion or the forward-facing transparency of government. And there is a perception that if our doors aren't open, you know, nine to five or seven to seven or seven to six every day that we're not open and transparent to the public. And I just want to challenge that thought as well, because we have public meetings and we have literally five ways for you to contribute to a public meeting, whereas before we had two or three. Um, We have added options for our residents and not taken away options for our residents. And um, I had our first televised public meeting, um, excuse me, not televised, but WebEx, where it was, you know, we had to close the doors to the public, but we had lots of ways for people to contribute. And I had an individual very frustrated that they had to sit through two hours of public hearing on the phone to get to their specific item. And I thought about that for a minute. And I thought, you know, you would have had to come to town hall and sit in the audience for two hours in order to wait for your particular agenda item. Now you get to wait from home with snacks and probably maybe in your pajamas or (laughs) a variety of Mm -hmm. other options, right? Mm -hmm. And so I get that there's still a frustration and I think there's a lot we can do to be, you know, as efficient as possible. And I'm always looking for ways to do that. But our residents have more options to contribute and participate than ever before. And it might not be what they're used to. But again, it's the shift that is going to continue to occur both in government and others that we want to be transparent. We need our residents to be contributing. We need them to be um, you know, communicating with us on a regular basis. And we're trying to make more options, not less. And so I just want to make that statement. You know, Mayor, that's an excellent one. And while you were talking, I hadn't thought about it in this light before. But if you think about we're here to serve the citizens and business in Gilbert, and and we take that mission very seriously, as we all know. And I've always been proud of our our workforce and our elected officials in in the service that we do. Um, But in some ways, it's almost like we were only using 
three of our five senses up to this point to do our job. And now we're using all of our senses we have available to us to do our job, which is serving this community and, and getting back to all the new ways of participating to our in our public meetings now that we didn't have before, which, you know, for representative democracy, that's a great thing to get as many people plugged in and participating as possible and informed as possible. For employees, we talk about work anywhere. Well, that's a great thing that now Dana doesn't just have to be anchored to her desk at town hall to do the job our residents need her to do. She could do it from her car. She can do it from her, from her dining room. She could do it from anywhere. It, it's like we're using all of our senses to better serve this community. And, and I think it absolutely is the path forward and uh, we'll continue to double down on all of those efforts. I agree. I think it's amazing. And yeah, you're totally, both of you are so spot on. And Mayor, you know, back to what you said too, I think it's it's about having the freedom and the to feel like, oh my gosh, like I could I could leave early today and Patrick you hit on this and go home and finish my job and and not and I think that you know so many of us and so many people spend their whole careers you know kind of clocking in and clocking out at a job and you know I don't I don't think that people have to feel that way anymore but to have options I love this idea of options because I hadn't really thought of it till you brought it up but you know, always figuring out ways to bring more people to the table and to reach everyone. And I know that's something we've always been really focused on here with our residents in Gilbert and to our staff. But, you know, the options of the future and the and the freedom that comes with that and the creativity to continue to innovate when you know, okay, I'm not in this little box or it doesn't have to be done this way. Or um, I think it's really, really exciting. And I think there's other cities out there and even cities, you know, in the Phoenix metro area who really looked to Gilbert to say, huh, I had questions from so many people like, how did you guys do that? And I always say, well, we got lucky. We had teams on our computer, right? Like, so I want to say that because it wasn't like we went out and got this tool and then had to get it installed on everyone's computer. Like we were fortunate that we had that already going for us. Um, so to other cities who are, are listening, but, you know, from a cost effective nature too, I want to, I wanted to mention this, that um, one of the things that we're truly trying to capture too is, you know, what what have we saved in time and money and effort um, during this time of being able to work remotely? And also, Patrick, you mentioned our virtual inspections briefly, but, you know, using FaceTime to do those instead of in person. So you don't have travel time and you're oh. not, you know, Mayor, you talked about this, like you're not having to physically go to a meeting anymore, right? And so think about the time savings that happens and then the cost that's associated with that or not taking an hour lunch break every day or whatever that looks like. So I just love this idea and I think the productivity piece and what we save and have gained and is something that we're going to be able to continue to measure and showcase. And so I really look forward for what's to come. Yeah. You know, Dana, there's one other piece. We are still a growing community, as we all know, and we will continue to add staff to maintain service levels to, to serve a larger population of residents and businesses. And wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if we never added another square foot of space to our facilities to accommodate the need for more employees that through a blended environment, a hybrid approach to the mm -hmm. work that we stay within the walls we have now and make it work. It literally would be tens of millions of dollars in savings to our community. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for joining me. This was so much fun as always to talk with you both. And to our listeners, please check out all of our social media channels in Gilbert to see all of our content. And you may also be interested in visiting our COVID-19 webpage that we've created at gilbertaz.gov slash COVID-19. And we'll see you soon from Gilbert, Arizona on Government Gone Digital. Mm -hmm.